0: Welcome, uh, Magda, to this My Broadband What Next uh, question and answer session with myself, Aki Anastasio. Lovely to have you with us. Uh, COVID-19 is something that has taken the entire world by surprise. I'm sure in your particular sector, uh, and especially in investing, you must be seeing things very, very differently. Uh, tell us how the pandemic has affected you personally and how your organization, Signia, operates.
1: Ah, Kisa, thank you for inviting me. Um, So, so, you know, in terms of the pandemic, I think, you know, it came as a shock to the system, to everybody worldwide. And I remember those whirlwind first two weeks where suddenly, you know, you had to literally dust off the disaster recovery plans and go into the extreme version of the disaster recovery plan live, you know, which of course was never designed to be one where, you know, all your sites. are off limits and everyone works from home. I mean, that was never envisaged as a disaster. You know, we've always had three different sites where we could move people and so on. So I think for those first two weeks, we obviously didn't sleep as an expo, We just planned. And it was everything from looking at our vulnerable staff to, you know, those using public transport to how are we going to get everyone equipped with a laptop? How do we source all the laptops that we didn't have? Um, But, you know, somehow we lived through those two weeks and, you know, emerged out of it with about 70% of our staff working from home. Um, We are declared an essential service because we process payments. So that was fortunate. So we never really had to close the office. But obviously we we just um, let as many of our staff members as we could um, work from home. Um, And, you know, which means that, you know, we kind of ran on skeleton crew with insignia. Um, but you know there have been positives and negatives. I mean the the it's actually been amazingly easy. I thought you know, I thought that there will be more problems with having people work from home. Turns out not at all. Some people have become a lot more productive. No one is missing in action while looking after the kids. So that's you know positive. and I think you know what will emerge on the other side is that you know we will relook, and we're already considering it. Uh, at, you know, how we work in future. So certainly we will not go back to having everyone in the office. We will look at flexible working hours, working from home. And client engagements. You know, we've had to reinvent the the virtual way of of engaging with clients, but that has proved to be incredibly effective. People have more time. People can dedicate more time to kind of one-on-one conversations. So, um, you know, but everything else, I think, you know, we, we really are, and, and it's a terrible thing to say, given that so many other businesses are struggling, we actually as Signia have, you know, we, we it's business as usual, or unusual, but uh, it's business.
0: It's extraordinary. Yeah. It's incredible the, the way you talk. I mean, most of the CEOs and companies that I speak to, if you ask them before the lockdown, uh, what they were about to do, they would have said it was impossible to do. Uh, the impossible became possible. And this is the new normal. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, company leaders are asking themselves, oh, what is what else is impossible that we haven't been able to achieve? Um, so we're certainly living in a very interesting world. I mean, you've seen the the markets are doing crazy things at the moment. Um, and we're, we're kind of driven and controlled by a virus right now. Now, one of your, um, one of Signia's shareholdings is uh, 16% in the Oxford Sciences Innovation um, OCI. They've certainly been making a lot of headlines in the last few weeks as mm-hmm. one of the companies that's kind of at the forefront of developing this vaccine. Um, can you share anything from us from Oxford University? Um, what that potential of that vaccine looks like uh, and how that investment is going for you. It's really fascinating to watch from the outside.
1: Well, it's a fascinating investment. And I, you know, when we made that investment in Oxford and Oxford sciences innovation is basically a very unique business model. It's a company that was founded by a group of large asset managers in the UK. They approached Oxford university. They said to Oxford in 2015, you guys have, you know, all the IP world, class IP you know number one research university in the world, number one in medical particularly medical research and artificial intelligence and yet you guys are not commercializing any of that IP. So how about we set up this company Oxford Sciences Innovation. Uh, we as, as a venture just put in 600 million pounds. we will set up this whole ta- a, a team and infrastructure to commercialize all the IP on an exclusive basis that emerges out of um, Oxford. And that really is what happened. And since 2015, they've managed to commercialize and actually just set up 80 different companies. One of them is Vasitech, uh, which owns the IP to the Oxford vaccine project. Um, and you know, before and th- that used to be a very closed club in terms of shareholding in OSI. So you couldn't buy those shares, you still can't buy those shares in the open market in any shape, size, or form because you know they, it was always held very tightly. But there were some uh, large active asset managers who were participants in this, who came under huge stress last year, poor performance, outflows to passive investment strategies. And, uh, you know, I approached those asset managers, they happened to have the shareholding in OSI, and I said to them, guys, you actually have no choice, but you need to start disinvesting from some of the shares. Can I buy your OSI shareholding? So that's how I, you know, Signia became a shareholder in OSI, and then I built up that stake to, we are now the largest investor in OSI. That's and uh, you know, but obviously, I didn't envisage that. I just thought it was no. a phenomenal investment. You know, can you go wrong buying you know the IP of Oxford University in perpetuity? Um, you know, it, it, it seemed like a no-brainer. Um, but now with the Oxford vaccine, so VasiTech, which is one of the spinouts, has been working on a number of different vaccines, including a uh, one for MERS which is what gave them the head start on so they've already um. developed technology that they would deploy it was now an issue of um, adjusting it for the um, coronavirus uh, of a uh, COVID-19 virus and that gave them heck of a head start um in terms of technology in terms of having the platform to develop the vaccine and so they were able to move into what's called phase two trials very quickly and phase two trials is human trials on a big scale Mm. Um, and they are currently testing uh, that vaccine in uk us um, brazil and um south africa in johannesburg Wow. Because, you know, I've learned a lot about vaccines in the last couple of months, but testing of a vaccine relies obviously on the fact that you take, say, 10,000 people, you inject 5,000 with the vaccine, 5,000 with a placebo, but then you have to have sufficient number of infections in the general population for those people to come naturally come into contact with the virus, because you can't expose them to the virus directly just in case they drop dead, you know, yeah. so, so yeah. it has to happen naturally. So in the UK, that kind of general rate of infection has started dropping. Whereas in Brazil and in South Africa, it's on the rise. So we are the perfect countries to to test. And hopefully that means that we also are at the forefront of the queue for getting the vaccine, because there is the actual vaccine creation of it, and there is the manufacturing. And manufacturing must happen via a pharmaceutical company um the uk government has insisted that it must be a uk pharmaceutical company so astrazeneca came in as as a uk champion yes and um you know they they actually place a very very high probability on the vaccine being successful Uh, but what they have said is it will be an annual shot you know so it will want to be something like a smallpox once-off vaccine yeah this and, and you know, some of the worrying things is that this virus is already starting to change shape mm-hmm. in Europe, not necessarily becoming more virulent. It's just changing, you know, the, the spikes and it basically means that, you know, you will have to keep evolving the vaccine. That is,
0: that is so interesting. I mean, and this company is absolutely fascinating listening to the way you've been talking about it. Um, so you certainly have a knack for seeing and, uh, and spotting good investment opportunities. I mean, I look at, uh, at your funds and how you're outperforming uh, the big brand asset managers. How on earth do you do it year after year after year? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the secret of Signia that you're outperforming everybody else?
1: A few things few things one is passive management we track the markets so you know if you took look at a balanced portfolio rather than trying to pretend that you know whether you know mtn is going to outperform versus sepi versus you know richmond we actually just buy the markets but we do it in thematic ways so it's not just randomly buying the entire ultra index i mean certainly for domestic equities you're more limited but Um we you know internationally you can buy different indices tracking different sectors, different themes, different geographies, so you really can construct portfolios without focusing on the you know individual companies. you can actually construct portfolios by focusing on sectors and themes and macroeconomics and that is what we've been very very good at it has you know it it always has been our investment philosophy. It's to look at um, sectors and themes, so for instance, technology. You yeah. know, it was a no-brainer five years ago to say technology is going to be the dominant theme of the next decade plus. Yeah. You know, and hence, how do we get exposure to it? And you know, we we launched a fund called Signia Force Industrial Revolution Fund, which exploited exactly those themes. You know, it's anything from virtual reality, robotics, uh, self-driving cars, uh, platforms, online platforms. Um, so, so, you know, and, and um, then we spent a lot of time analyzing global macroeconomics because, you know, again, I tend to believe in, you know, I used to work Coronation and African Harvest, active asset managers in South Africa I tend to think South Africa is the world. Mm-hmm. We don't. We tend to think South Africa is actually fairly irrelevant. You know, what happens to our markets is a function of foreign sentiment. You know, we are a teeny tiny market in the global universe and money either flows into our market, pushes up our bonds, pushes up our equities or flows out of our markets. Right. And unfortunately, you know, markets do not. And it's very important to know that markets do not necessarily and in a lot of cases don't reflect the economic fundamentals as they should you would think that market performance is a proxy for how the economy is doing it isn't no. it's actually a proxy for sentiment of large investors who either have access to cash or not and yes. of course you see in this pandemic when um, you know the us fed is printing money when interest rates internationally are at zero and negative if you are a large investment bank you can borrow money at zero and you invest it in economies such as South Africa where interest rates are high. Mm. So we, you know, so, so we observe those trends. We look at okay. politics, geopolitics, politics and macroeconomics and we go, where's the money going? Well, and we find the money.
0: It's interesting. I mean, you've got the right philosophy there. And that's why you've got so many uh, people smiling at the moment. But if you look at the, the, the world at the moment, and I look at the U S market and I look at what it did, you know, it's just like a sharp dip in early March, and you know, the recoveries like almost happened. I mean, I look at the technology shares, which is kind of the, the, the backbone of this, of this recovery, which is extraordinary to think that the world at the moment finds itself in such an extraordinary circumstance, such high unemployment, so much uncertainty, yet the markets have bounced back to where they were, driven by technology shares. Can, can you kind of explain that to us?
1: Absolutely. So if you look at this, this is the disconnect between markets and, you know, fundamentals. So fundamentals are terrible. I mean, globally, you've got 40 million unemployed Americans. You know, we've got 30% heading for 50% unemployment rate in South Africa, and you're seeing it all around us. I mean, all you have to do is drive out of your building and you see many more homeless people than you have ever seen before. So it's tragic. And of course... You know those people are consumers now every economy and every company is driven by consumer spending you know take away all the macroeconomic jargon and you it boils down to the consumer spending buying that is what drives economic growth and we you know given that everybody in the world is poorer and is feeling poorer and is sitting at home that spending isn't happening so so the the major engine of growth is just not there and many companies are suffering as a result but there are sectors that are net beneficiaries of this so absolutely anything online and auxiliary businesses are benefiting so you know while you're sitting at home you're ordering your groceries online so any online platforms selling platforms are flying Amazon being a good example, but it's not just Amazon. It's all the delivery services courier services You know that is uh, Benefiting anything, you know, you're no longer going to the theater. You're not going to the sports games or rugby and But what you are doing is you're streaming Netflix. So yes. again any streaming online uh, entertainment is right there, you know, you are not uh, socializing with your friends, but what you are doing is you are gaming. So you're playing games. So anything that provides gaming experiences online is uh, benefiting.
0: So who are going to be the big who are going to be the big losers?
1: So the big losers are look tourism, 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 and anything associated with it is right at the forefront. And obviously that is tragic particularly in the context of south africa where you know over 10 percent of our gdp is tourist related and within tourism sector you've got everything from hotels restaurants mm-hmm. obviously airlines obviously curio shops you know just at the waterfront here in cape town not none of the curio shops have opened and they want you know so, so those are the 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 problematic areas um you know anything that um, smes small and medium-sized yeah. enterprises, which because of this lockdown have literally been destroyed financially. So businesses which survive, you know, on a very kind of very narrow profit margin, and they depend on monthly cash flows. Uh, property, large property companies, commercial property companies, um, because the demand for office space going forward is just not going to be there. So, um, you know, people will work from home. I've already said to to our ex-co team at Signia that guys, we've got to prepare for the fact that 20 to 30% of our staff, even when they can, will not want to come back to work. They will say to us, we're working from home. We're very happy working in our pajamas. We are not (laughs) putting makeup. We are not sitting in traffic for an hour. You know, take it or leave it. So, um, you know, suddenly demand for office space, for office furniture, goes down but demand for data and connectivity goes up so so there are quid pro quos you know in yes. the economy like, yes. companies like microsoft amazon's um zoom yes.
0: um you know so by I the way I was talking to a psychologist earlier about, you know, people working from home and the psychological impacts that are out there. And the one thing that she stressed is you've got to get into the routine that you had before the lockdown started. So I heard you talking about pajamas there. And she said pajamas are not good for the psychological well-being of ourselves. You need to get up in the morning, into your routine, shower, wear, not necessarily wear a suit and that, but get into clothes and start your work routine and exercise and it all helps with the healthy uh, mental well-being of ourselves and i think it's it's a big challenge we're all discovering a lot of these things going forward but you've been very vocal about south african leadership about the economy in south africa and when i look at how this coronavirus has been handled and the restrictions that we've had in place the precarious situation that our economy finds ourselves right in we heard the the half term budget yesterday by the finance minister it, From your point of view, Magda, as the leader of Signia, um, are you still optimistic about South Africa? And what do we need to do to really unlock the value and come out of this terrible financial mess that we're in?
1: So it's a very difficult question because, um, you know, obviously we are not alone in this crisis. It's a worldwide crisis. So every single country is becoming more kind of internally focused Every single country is dealing with not dissimilar problems to us, which is you know unemployment, mostly lack of growth, depression, recession, um, so so it's not as if we can turn to others and say, "Please help." You know there isn't that much help available, and we've seen it in the budget. Yes. Um, and you know, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think it's it's a saving grace, thank God, that we cannot borrow more because I think if they could, they would and they're borrowing in dollars. And if the rent appreciates, that that debt just goes through the roof. So I'm actually quite pleased that, you know, they are borrowing restrictions on South Africa. They can't access more dollars. Um, But the reality of it is, I think, you know, we will have to reinvent the way we think about things such as you know procurement so and and again there's some positives in being a country like South Africa where we've got a couple of things going for us so look I did believe that the lockdown was a mistake you know I, kind of my PR firms kept saying stop talking you can't you know it's now obviously everyone looks back and says what was the point of killing the economy I was asking that question right at the beginning I just said you know I didn't think that sh- and and I wasn't alone I mean leading world well, leading in Developed market economists were saying, you know, what's appropriate in UK, US is not appropriate emerging markets, but it is what it is. You know, where we are, we are where we are. The, the positives for us are that we actually are quite a flexible, resilient nation, and by that I mean, you know, we've got a very large informal sector economy, and so people who were never formally employed. And they have an amazing ability to, there's quite a lot of flex between the, the formal employment and informal employment. So people are used to surviving on very little. Um, as opposed to, you know, in, in the UK and in the US where they're not, you know, they, they're queuing up for their um, unemployment benefits in giant SUVs. You know, our population is queuing up, you know, as they have always queued up for, for teeny tiny amounts of money. So So we've got more flex more more adjustable population you're not seeing social unrest in south africa you are seeing social unrest in the us and in the uk so so different reactions and adaptability the weak weekend is actually surprisingly a benefit we are a net exporter not importer of products so obviously our exports benefit it just becomes a lot cheaper to export Right. It has become a lot more expensive to import. So anything that you want to, you know, bring in from abroad is cost more. Benefit of that is we will have to look at domestic suppliers. We will have to look at domestic rent-based procurement, which is an opportunity. It means manufacturing can potentially um, rise up again because we will need to start looking mm. at domestic suppliers and you know we are a nation of entrepreneurs i mean in south africa you know everyone is an entrepreneur
0: yeah yeah
1: so if we can channel it correctly if we can provide sufficient amount of at least startup capital to people who want to start businesses which can supply the new economy we could over time kind of emerge out of this crisis you know, in, in a better position, but um, it will take a very, very dedicated focus. Um, and, and my concern about government is, you know, I just participated in the infrastructure conference a few days ago. And, you know, there is me going, guys, move. We need to do things quickly. The private sector is willing to make, commit capital, but, you know, you're going to outlive this goodwill that has been yes. created. Yeah. And then you hear the government side of the equation, which is, well, we've got this process to go through, this process and then that paperwork and this red tape. And and you just go, okay.
0: Frustrating, but... But I do do hear you're optimistic at the same time in between all of that. There's clearly a lot of work we need to do. And and talking about work, you're going to be having quite a busy uh, next few months, including 2021. I see that you're the the new CEO of the Apprentice South Africa TV show. How on earth did that come about, Magda?
1: It came about by virtue of the fact that I don't open every email I receive. (laughs) You know, I prioritize things that are important and I kept receiving these emails with The Apprentice in the heading. And I've never watched The Apprentice, by the way. I didn't know that Donald Trump was somehow associated. <laughs> yeah, I didn't and, want to um, say anything. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I knew nothing about The Apprentice beyond that. And, you know, somehow, so I was asked by the producers and I kind of went, oh, that sounds interesting. And that was an email that I received about three months ago. And then I never opened another email mm-hmm. But there was a huge email trail, and wow. they just died in my inbox. And uh, that press release caught me by surprise as much as it caught everybody else. And that's yeah. when I reread all the email. That's when I went, "Oh my God, it's <laughs> three emails." That's
0: amazing. Well, I will tell you what. Now's a good opportunity for you to rehearse. You're fired, okay? So pretending you're firing me, just give me a. You're fired. Just do this rehearsal now.
1: Um, you know what, I that I'm, I'm not convinced how I'm going to do this yet. But uh, you know, I have fired my my um, share of people in my career. So saying to someone, I'm really sorry, you are fired. is <laughs> not going to be but but I am hoping that we can adjust the, the way that the apprentice is structured to be uniquely South African. So rather than looking at, uh, you know, what has happened in the U S where they ran the program very much as, you know, the big prize is um, a corporate job. I am hoping that we can persuade the the, the owners MGM productions in the U S to allow us to run the program as the prize is actually, I will, or Signia, depending on what it is, fund someone's business. Oh. So it's not a job, it's funding of your business. Very
0: good. And the Very I good. want to
1: do it is because it opens up the world, you know, it opens up the the, the whole competition mm. to every South African. So it doesn't matter whether you've got a tertiary degree or not. Yeah. If you are scrappy, if you are hardworking, if you are multitasking, prepared to work hard, you know, and entrepreneurial in nature. Um you can audition. So so that's what I'm hoping to 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 achieve through the apprentice and, and skew the program a little bit to be South Africa specific as opposed to kind of your you know European or US based.
0: Listen, Magda, you've got a very stressful job. What have you been doing to switch off during lockdown? I mean you mentioned Netflix, so you do you watch Netflix? What are you currently watching? What does Magda do to switch off from this crazy world we're in at the
1: moment? Oh you're not going to believe it. I get up in the morning and I run on a treadmill for Two hours what? every single morning, seven days a week, and I watch crime series. However rubbish they are, I watch crime series, <laughs> and that is my way of completely distressing. And then I start my day.
0: Okay. And your favorite app that you're using on the phone? What is the one the one piece of technology you could do without? Which app and which piece of technology?
1: Without or with?
0: <laughs> well, without. What what can you do without? You, you that you need desperately if you if you don't have this you can't survive what is that app
1: um it's probably my email any form of email you know that's mm. the way i interact with the world it's yeah. email but, yeah. uh, the one i could do without is i've never been a very good cell phone you know telephone speaker but i'm a very good emailer so um but the one thing i could do without is whatsapp i Water. think whatsapp has been a negative not a positive because whereas email allows you to respond in your own time whatsapp is like this thing that just buzzes in your ear where people expect instant response instant and they create a sense of urgency which isn't necessarily there so if i could discard uh, an app it would be whatsapp
0: Fantastic. Magda, have you had an aha moment during the last uh, three months during the lockdown? Is there one aha moment that you've had?
1: I think the aha moment has been the fact that uh, we don't have to have physical meetings. We can interact with people all around the world without getting on planes to do so. And in my life, that's a big one. You know, I've spent my life living on planes, traveling between Cape Town, Johannesburg, Durban, London, New York, Philadelphia. So, and, and all of it has been for meetings. So you spend enormous amount of time. You just waste enormous amount of time. And it's low-quality time at airports, traveling, you know, in airplanes, um, in order to get to a face-to-face meeting. And what this pandemic has achieved is it has proven that we can have this interaction and a normal discussion um, without me getting on a plane. So I think the quality of my life will improve after this pandemic. Is over.
0: Well, I hope, I hope none of the A-line executives are listening to that last bit. Master know, Thank, you. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and your incredible insights. And may your company continue to grow from strength to strength. Uh, We thank you for your time and uh, we wish you well over the rest of the time uh, of the lockdown. Hopefully it ends pretty soon. And let's hope we have a breakthrough on that vaccine that your company is invested in. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for chatting to me.